in to an all new episode of Just Really Glow Podcast. So, um, this is actually the first, I think, no, it's the second episode of December. Um, I was out last week. I was so sick, y'all. I don't, I don't know what, I got a really bad stomach bug and I was like, damn, bad. No, this is the first episode I recorded technically in December, but yeah. I was so sick. I was really down bed. So, you know, health is wealth. It definitely threw things off because I was trying to record a lot in December. So I can kind of ease into the new year. So I'm going to try to keep up. But, you know, holidays and life and end of the year work. Um, You know, this is for most people the last quarter. Or, yeah, like, like it's the fourth quarter of the year so everybody's trying to get work and there's audits and you know there's deadlines and it's the holidays and everybody needs something before they go on break or you get to meet with this person before you go on break or before things start to get lost in the holiday new year shuffle so just been busy um lately and honestly I realized you know when I was sick like I haven't actually taking like a day off like just just sleep <laughs> you know even like on the days where I've been off like or breaks or holidays um I always had something to do and that was the first time in a really long time where I just was like literally in bed couldn't do anything not going anywhere just slept and I slept I slept so much that I felt like I still needed more sleep <laughs> Like, once I was feeling, like, a bit better, I still was just, like, I need more sleep. Like, this sleeping thing feels great, you know? But I'm happy I'm doing well. I hope you all are taking care of yourselves. Um, I What happened? So, the last time I talked to you, I was getting ready to go to the Renaissance film, which I loved. I loved that movie, Town. I saw it twice in the theaters. Not gonna lie, y'all. I would probably go see it a third time. Honestly, it's one of those concert films that is just feel like home. Like it just feels like comfort. Like I would definitely like once it's streaming. I don't care if I gotta buy it. I'm gonna buy it because I just want to watch it. Like when I'm laying down and comfortable, I felt so seen. Like and it's weird to feel seen by like a woman who's damn near a billionaire. Like how does she get me? But it's like. Being a woman sometimes is so different, but in other ways, it has very monolithic themes. Like when Beyonce was talking about, you know, sometimes like when she's in business meetings or where she's talking, she has to assert herself so much because people won't understand that she knows what she's talking about. Even after all her success, after all of her accolades, people will really keep that are new to working with her will continuously second guess her thoughts. Like there's, there was a scene where she was like, you know, are you telling me that if I go look this up, I can't find it? And he's like, yeah, it doesn't exist. Okay, well, I just looked it up. I had literally, right before I went to the movies, I was just talking to someone and I'm like, I get frustrated because I don't want anybody to little girl me or like make me feel like, what I'm saying is untrue or I'm asking for something that is just unreasonable when you wouldn't talk to another male counterpart like that. Like 
women, when we are like out here thriving in the world and moving forward, like we just always have to think, we just have to assert ourselves in such a way that make other people uncomfortable. Because if you don't, then you're like the B-I-T-C-H. Like, and I don't want to be that way. I want to walk in a room, say what I have to say, just like the men. I don't want you to treat me like a pretty princess. I don't want to be queen of the damn. I don't. I want you to talk to me the way you talk to John, Paul, Harry, and Malik. Like, don't talk to me like a pretty, pretty princess. Like, let's talk business. This is what needs to be done. Let's move forward. And I'm not, and it's crazy to be treated that way, right? That women, even Beyonce, is treated that way when she's way more successful than the men that she's talking to. Like, women are some of the most smart, are the leading educated people in America, and Black women specifically. And we are often talked to like we just have a, you know, second grade education sometimes. It's very frustrating. Um, I love seeing, I went to the concert, y'all know, but um, there was a lot of it I didn't actually see while in the concert, probably just because of excitement and just not knowing where to look. But like, so I love seeing like her reactions to things. I love seeing performances in the other cities because we were the first city um, in America. And I feel like the show just got better and better every performance. So it was lit. Like the show in Philly was fire. Like I have no complaints, but I feel like she really, after our show, it really gave her that energy to be like, yeah, this is it. This is it. Like we got this, like the dancers. I love seeing it. It just made me really realize like just the dancers by themselves, it made me realize how far you can go when you feel supported in your craft and when you ha- and you manifest opportunities. Sorry, y'all. I, y'all know I work for myself, so I gotta take a break. To sip water. But, um, you know, you want to... Like, I just love seeing it. Like, wow. These, like one of the girls was like, oh, I don't even have any management. I just posted videos on uh, social media. And Beyonce was just like, I saw it. I hired her the next day. It was raw. It was gritty. Like those are opportunities. And sometimes, you know, you have to go something. Sometimes you can go about things in the, um, the traditional way. And sometimes you got to go through it in a very different, unique and inspiring way to get what you want. That doesn't mean everybody that performs on social media is going to get that opportunity, but they might. I'm sure the person, you know, that she hired didn't know that. And honestly, watching this concert is like a DEI tutorial because honestly, any type of person that you can think of was a part of the crew or a part of the band or the dancers, or the singers, like, she has a pregnant, uh, what what was she playing, a trumpet? Like, what? You know how much breath control is in that? Talented. Um, there were dancers that were in their 40s. There was a dancer that's, like, just graduated high school. There are women working on the crew. There's, uh, trans people. There is non-binary 
there's black, white, Puerto Rican, Asian, like, it was just so amazing to see. It was thinner women. It was bigger women. It was women in between, uh, feminine men, masculine men, and men that are in between. Like, it was just so good to watch. Like, it was just like, honestly, it just showed that the Renaissance era is for everyone. And I hope when you watch it, you can feel like someone ident like some at some aspect somebody identified with you there because the vibe in the movie theater was good too. Like my mom didn't see it and she had an amazing time. She was singing in her seat. Um, I went to two different places, but it was just a vibe. I had a great time. Oh yeah, y'all know your girl got her cup and her butter bowl, her popcorn bowl. I don't even eat popcorn, but I got it. <laughs> but I would definitely go see that again. I'm actually going to see an advanced screening of the Color Purple musical this upcoming week. So I'm really excited about it. If y'all know me, I love the Color Purple. I loved it. I shouldn't have been watching the Color Purple as a child, but I did. And I used to reenact different scenes from it. So I didn't get the chance to see it on Broadway, the musical. So the this new film is based on the Broadway show. So I'm really excited to see it. I am a huge, huge fan of uh, Fantasia, Daniel Brooks, Taraji. Um, it's just such a beautiful cast, and I'm so excited to see. I think they're all immensely talented, and I just love to see people win, especially um, like Fantasia. Like That's another person who went about her career in an untraditional way. <laughs> you know, American Idol was only three seasons in, and she has made such an amazing career from it. She's been through so much. Her story is often like series of feeling underrated and unseen and unloved and, you know, just in a bad place where you're taking care of everybody and, you know, you know just to see how things are, things that are just meant for you won't miss you. Uh, I'm really excited to see the film and they have had rave reviews. Child, Oprah wants us to wear purple. I don't really wear purple, so I got to find something to wear. But I'm excited to see that um, we are going into the holidays. And baby, I just want to talk about my little tips and tricks for the holidays. Don't go broke. Don't go poor. And don't go where you don't feel welcome. Like, make sure you prioritize the things that you have to do. Um. You know, I know we like to buy everybody we ever said love you to a gift. If you can only afford to pay buy your kids gifts, then that year that is the only people that you need to give gifts for. If you can only afford the people in your household, take care of the people in your household. Do not go broke trying to buy Auntie J, Uncle Remus, and Cousin Monica a gift. No, no, no. Anybody that's not in your household... I feel like, you know, make Christmas happen for your kids, but also don't go overboard. I think one of the things I noticed on social media is really uh, um, Christmas has become like big take, big bank, take little bank. And because you don't want your tree to look like you don't have a lot of gifts under it, like you can't afford a lot of gifts, people overindulge and overbuy just because they don't want to look or things to be perceived another way. And I say this, don't overbuy stuff for them kids. If your kids is 
well throughout the entire year, just get them the few things that they ask for. You do not have to get every little thing off their list. You know, you do a top five, top six, and then anything you can afford after you do it. But don't lose your mind and go into the poorhouse keeping up with the Joneses. Like, you are the Joneses and Nene Leak Toys. Like, don't do that. You know, just take care of what you can and don't succumb to the, like, pressures. Because I tell people this all the time. Social media is not real. It's just not. Do not let anybody influence you that will harm you in any other way. Like, hey, rent is going to be due at the first of the month. Bills is due right now. Do what you can. Make things that make sense for you. But don't, you know, put yourself in a poor house. And don't try to buy everybody in your life a gift. If they're not in your household and you really want them to get the gift, they're going to have to cut you on the back end. <laughs> like, they're going to have to cut you when you got some money you can drop off a late gift. You can send it through Amazon later. But don't go crazy and don't lose your mind. Like, this year, inflation is a mug. And it's really crazy. I literally, like, bought something that I always buy. Like, I have, like, you know we all got, like, staple cheat meals. I know for a fact I bought, I used to buy this box of yellow rice from Aldi for, like, 89 cents prior to the pandemic. I paid, like, two, almost $3 for the same box. It was not bigger. It didn't change the quality. It's just freaking inflation. That's over 100% of a markup. And we are spending money and don't even realize it. Like, sometimes I had to sit back like, damn, what did I buy? Like, did I overindulge? Did I buy something extra that I don't usually buy? Did I blow my money? And it's like, no. Everything is way more expensive than it was years prior. Like, I don't know what's happening, and I don't know why, but I'm tired of it. And I, I just want them to call it what it is. It's definitely a recession. It's a recession. Like, it is what it is. Get us some rent control. Give everybody a food voucher. If we are in a, a, a recession, give me a stimulus package or something. Because, baby, I, I it's, it's a mess. So, with the holidays coming up, just make sure that you are prioritizing um your finances. Also, I want to say, um, be around people that you want to be around. Christmas is on a Monday. If you got to work Tuesday and you don't really get along with your current family, if you're going to be upset, if it's going to be drama, stay home. Stay home. If you want to spend a day with people that you love, you spend a day with those people. Like, don't go around nobody that's going to make you uncomfortable. If you go somewhere and they make you uncomfortable, you do not have to stay the whole time and fight through that. You can say, you know what? Thank you for dinner. Have a great day. I'm going to head on out and go go see the color purple. Go do some shit you want to do. Christmas is about making things happen for you. It's about magic. It's about, you know, you deserve Christmas too. Don't go around nobody that make you uncomfortable. And, um, yeah, that's my number one thing. I don't feel forced to reach out to nobody to tell them Merry Christmas. I don't fool with so don't message me. We ain't cool. If I cut you off, if we don't talk, do not text me Merry Christmas because I'm going to give you a lump of coal and that's going to be me ignoring you. Like, don't reach out. 
stay to yourself, celebrate with your family, and remember that, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. So don't be letting these uh, commercials hype you up to buy stuff. And also do something nice for yourself. However that looks, do that. Um, I'm actually going to decorate. I want to decorate. I feel like it makes your spirit brighter. So I definitely want to um, decorate just a bit just because I just like the decorations. I feel like it will be a good reminder of like some happy times. So definitely want to do that. And then I think next week we'll talk about, you know, how to end the new year. But yeah, that's my little survival kit for y'all. So always put yourself first and do what you can. And not, don't keep up with the Joneses. You is the Joneses. All right. So while I was sick, I started watching some TV. One of them being Paris and Love on Peacock. So this is actually Paris Hilton's second season of her show. Her first season was following her documentary that was on Amazon, I believe, um, about the struggles she had while being at one of those like convention camps. Like they basically like the camps you see on Dr. Phil and how she was abused and how it played a part in her relationships and she's been carrying the hurt for a long time. I talked about it on the show before and I found it very interesting, but she also has a reality, like a docu-series on Peacock. So if you have a chance, I would say if you like kind of grew up into that pop culture world where Paris Hilton face was plastered everywhere and you find it interesting, I would say check it out. But if not, you can just watch TikTok and get the cliff notes. But one of the things I find interesting is her voice. We all know her voice to be very high-pitched and very baby doll-like, but it's a voice that she interchanges in and out of because she's uncomfortable. So when she's uncomfortable or nervous, for some reason, she developed this very high-pitched, baby-like voice. But in actuality, she has a very um, deep voice, very raspy voice very like take charge I think I love her like natural voice I think that is very powerful I wish she kind of tapped into it but I can see how she probably not comfortable using that voice because people think like she sounds a little bit more masculine but I love her voice that way um but you'll see when people start making like when she's comfortable like with her sister she'll talk in a very normal voice but if she's in a situation that makes her uncomfortable and you can see it in her face, that voice will totally change, like, entirely. Um, I was watching this one scene, and this, if you ever want uh, um, to see in real time someone express their feelings and what happened to them, then for them, you can see it, her being gaslit and manipulated very like simultaneously so her Paris and her sister Nikki were talking about a situation where in the middle of the night um so basically let me run this back Paris was groomed and had a relationship um a night as you know she was 14 she had some she was groomed by her English teacher well, she didn't say English. She said any teacher. Child, I'm, I'm thinking about fam. Go watch fam on Peacock as well. But she was groomed by her teacher when she was 14. Her parents thought she was sneaking out the house to see a boy. 
But in actuality, she was sneaking out the house and getting hopping in her teacher's car and spending time with him. However, that may have looked. From there, she started kind of doing what she wanted to do, being rebellious. Her parents moved to New York City. She didn't like it. She was partying and doing everything in rebellion. And they grew sick of her behavior. Never really found out what was going on with her, but instead they sent her off to a boot camp situation. So while doing this, um, she also, they were also pissed because she was making page six news and people knew about some of her antics at the time. So I think when she was about 16 or 17, they, um, in the middle of the night, two big men came in and snatched her out her bed and told her to come with them. She thought she was being kidnapped for ransom. Her parents, she was screaming. Um, Her parents were crying. So Nikki woke up and saw her sister being snatched and she was screaming for her sister. And her parents were like, she'll be okay. And they were crying. Nikki says she went to sleep because her parents told her to. The next morning, she came downstairs and her parents were just like, eating breakfast and acting like everything is normal. And she asked where was Paris and they were like, she's going to be away for some time. Paris says that that was one of the worst nights of her life, that she thought she was being kidnapped. She didn't understand what was going on. And that's when she got sent to the detention camp, I guess you can call it. I don't know what it's called, where she experienced a lot of abuse and a lot of trauma. Mind you, Nikki agrees and says, you know, that was really tough. She then goes and asks, has Paris ever apologized to her parents for her behavior at the time? And Paris' voice was like very, her very normal voice. And then she goes into her higher voice and she was just like, no, I haven't. And she was like, don't you think you should? And Paris just looked at her and I'm like, what the fuck are you not getting? Yes, she was a rebellious teenager. Your parents sent her away around people she did not know and did it in the middle of the night while she was asleep, made her think she was being kidnapped for a ransom. And then y'all wonder why this girl don't sleep and she has all of these issues. And for you to sit there and ask, did she ever apologize for being a rebellious teenager? That's the shit where I'd be saying like, all right, the issue was she was a rebellious teenager. She wasn't listening. They felt like they had to do something. But in turn, they caused a great amount of issues with her, great amount of trauma that trumps anything she did as a rebellious teenager to them. Everything refers back to them. And Nikki is so brainwashed by these parents that you can't even have a human moment with your own sister. And y'all wonder why she didn't tell y'all she had these kids coming. Because she doesn't feel safe with you all. Then um, they find out, I guess, like through her book, she talks about the situation with the teacher. And her mom didn't know until she read the book and it came out and she was just like, oh, you make us look bad. Like, you, we didn't know. And she was like, yeah, I know y'all didn't know. And she was just like, what kind of parents didn't wouldn't know, you know, that their te- their daughter was dating a teacher, like you're making us look bad. And it's just like, again, this is about everybody else. The real issue is who's the son of a bitch 
excuse me, I'm trying to stop cursing, but who is the person that took advantage of your daughter? I want to know it right now. We need to find out. We need to sue the school district. We need to find out if there were other girls. We need to know if he introduced her to drugs. We need to know if she ever did anything physical with him. Like, what happened? Because she was 14. Like, it just aggravated me so bad. It just aggravated me so bad because I'm just like, oh, my God, it's nothing worse than narcissism. Like, it just really pisses me off how how so little people actually care about how their decisions affected other people, but you always have to worry about theirs. Like, you are embarrassed, but she went through it. And maybe because you act embarrassed by every little thing is the reason why at 14 this happened and she kept it a secret for over 20 years, almost 30 years, because I think she's like in her 40s, for almost 30 years. And not told you a freaking word about it ever until now. Insane. Diabolical. Diabolical. Speaking of, I'm just going to do a quick rant of these men. I don't know what's going on in the social media world with men in Hollywood right now. Because I just think it's just such a weird way of thinking. From Iman Shumper requesting that their the him and Tiana Taylor's divorce proceedings um be made public and using their real names and not the initials or the sealing um of the documents that Tiana Taylor requested. Like I just wanna know why if you are somebody that's so laid back and chill and you don't want any drama, why would why would you want people to be able to read your divorce proceedings? Especially when no shade for years there has been rumors regarding his cheating and there's been rumors about their sexual um lifestyle and you know, y'all have children, especially a daughter that can Google. Why unseal the records? Why do you want us to know so badly what happened? I, it is odd to me, especially when somebody else has actually protected you. And this is about protection a lot of the times. Women really go out their way to protect men. And a lot of the time, some men, like, you know, like an Iman Shumper, um, a Jonathan Majors, a party, they kind of got that good guy look, like, Oh, I'm a good guy. I'm not a street guy. I'm a good guy. I'm a nice guy. You know, um, I I love women. I treat women with respect, and I I I love my black queens and da 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 da, da and all of that. They protect you guys so much, but you are just as bad as the Tory Lanez guys, as the DJ Academics type of guys, as the podcast bro guys that don't love women and can't stand us and wear all of these terrible things y'all agree with them you just know that you get more honey you get more bees with honey than you do vinegar but you still gonna sting like you still gonna trap them at the end of the day um so yeah you mind shumper deciding to do that which is odd to me um, because it's not going to make him look any bad. And I think it's honestly 
as a ploy to attempt to hurt Tiana Taylor for no longer protecting him and no longer wanting to be with him and swallow um, a lot of her talent to make him comfortable. And their relationship remind me of when Keisha Cole was dating her ex-husband and he wanted to be a rapper, but he was a basketball star and was really good at it. But he kind of gave it up to be a rapper and kind of seemed like Iman Shumpert did the same thing. So they want to make the woman of their, their love in their life to, you know, dim their light to make them comfortable. And I kept wondering, why did Tiana Taylor want to retire? Why was she so gung-ho to retire? Why don't she have the same passion for it? And it begs the question is, did she lose the passion because she was used? Because she lost the passion in her marriage because the more successful and more famous she became, the smaller her husband felt. On top, Sorry, I got to stop the drink water. On top of all of the other BS things that happen in the entertainment industry, I'm assuming the last thing you want to do is argue about your spouse about something that shouldn't matter and it shouldn't be a problem. So I'll find that interesting. I definitely want to figure out why he wants to, he, he um, requested for the documents to be unsealed in public for public consumption. And I wonder why he thinks things are going to go in a way that's favorable to him or her, you know? And I, I don't know. I would just want anything to do with me. If I can make it private, I would love to. That's why it's like, while I like recording the podcast, I do love that while I'm transparent with you guys as much as possible, my personal life is very personal to me. You know, um, I don't know how I would feel if I was in a situation like that where people gave a damn about my divorce or whatever to Google it, look it up, post about it or anything like that. Like, it's odd. Um, Partisan Fontaine is going on a press tour to discuss his relationship with Megan Thee Stallion while not promoting not one album, mixtape, single, movie, fashion brand, uh, podcast, nothing. He's literally just talking about his relationship with Megan Thee Stallion. Super odd to me. Another person that gave off, I love women. I love, you know, I would never disrespect disrespect women. I support women. I wouldn't do this. I'm a good guy. I'm one of the good ones. When it's like, okay, you're going on a press tour because you felt like she talked about you and her rap lyric. Yet in one interview, you said you didn't cheat on her. And that's a lie. And it wasn't in, no, first he said it wasn't even in her bed. So it's like, okay, but did you cheat though? She ain't say it was in her bed. She said, you know, you did what you did in the bed that she's sleeping. Meaning, if you're my boyfriend, we have separate houses. You bring a girl to your house, and I'm known to stay the night at your house. I'm going to say that I have the potential to lay up in the bed in which you chose to cheat on me with. And is that, like, is that inaccurate? If I come to stay at your house three times out the week, is that not a bed that I usually sleep in? Or do you make me sleep on the floor? Let me know. <laughs> if you come to my house and I cheat on you in a bed in which you have been known to sleep in when you visit, 
Did I not cheat on you in the bed that you sleep in? See, one of the things men like him going to do is play around with semantics and pick me are going to eat it up every single time. But, you know, nevertheless, he's just all over the place doing the interviews about her. And Megan Thee Stallion replied, we're going to talk about her live earlier. And she just said she just doesn't understand why he's talking about it so much. Like, why, if you are saying that you didn't cheat on me and I wasn't talking about you because you didn't cheat on me, why did you feel the need to reply? If you, if I, if I'm not talking about, if you're saying that you never cheated on me, and I never said your name. I never said it. So that means if you didn't cheat on me, you didn't cheat on me. Then therefore, this is not about you. If it's not about you, why do you feel the need to respond? And then he says something weird that was just like, she knew she knew that was my daughter's birthday. Okay. If she knew that was your daughter, you think that lady was supposed to be like, I'm not putting out no video on this Friday during the fourth quarter of the year where I have to be considered for awards and billboard entries. I'm not going to put this out because this Friday is Partisan's daughter's birthday. Didn't none of us know it was Partisan's daughter's birthday? You told us it was your daughter's birthday. Nobody knew that. And no disrespect, I don't think anybody cared one way or the other. And I don't just, I just don't think people are just that diabolical that she specifically said, I'm going to put this out on his daughter's birthday. I, it gives me that your relationship with your daughter is your relationship with your daughter, and I don't think Megan was really involved in that. I just don't. Um, I think that was very odd to put out there. Um, and again, why are you going... You're in a relationship with another young lady that is a dance hall superstar and she's very successful in her field. And yet you go on a breakfast club, you go on Angela Yee's podcast, you go on Angela Yee's uh, radio show, you go on See The Thing Is to discuss your relationship. That is not player. And you are a talented writer you know, he has been rumored to be a ghostwriter for Kanye West, rumored to be a ghostwriter for Cardi B. He is um, featured as a writer on a lot of great songs. I just don't know why you would play around with your talent like this and let us talk gossip about you and Megan when all you had to say was nothing. If she playing herself, you just got to let people play themselves. But going on a press tour to talk about a district to your ex-girlfriend, but you were quiet when a man was coming at you, it's crazy. To go around and say she cheated on you, which I ain't gonna hold y'all. I love me some Megan Thee Stallion. But during her life, she just was like, I was in a messed up place and I did a lot of messed up things because I was a messed up person. I said, oh, okay, girl, you, you, you did cheat now. You did whatever that man said you did. And y'all, it seemed like y'all probably was just toxic. As attractive as you both are, I think just very, just in a relationship at the wrong time of your life. And when she first started dating him, I didn't, I thought the same thing. Like, I was like, you know, they're a beautiful couple, but I felt like when you have experienced all the things that Megan 
was experiencing, I don't know if I would have entered into a new relationship. I don't know. I've seen grief look different on everyone. And I know that sometimes you just be in a shit storm by yourself. Um, I don't know if I would have embarked on a new relationship like with someone I just met um, during that time. But you live and learn and you figure shit out. And um, that's pretty much what happens. Every relationship ain't got to be like the worst just because it ended. It could just be, you know, it is what it is. But the third guy I wanted to talk about, this guy here, Jonathan Majors. We all know that Jonathan Majors is a Marvel, is an actor in one of the Marvel films. And um, he also was in Creed 3. And he is a very successful actor. And um, yeah, so he is being charged with abusing allegedly abusing his ex-girlfriend while in a uh while in a in a taxi cab and this was not the first time he allegedly assaulted her um he also did it in paris um he's now dating megan good who it was alleged that that was who he was texting when he got into the altercation with his ex-girlfriend i just wanted to show you all this video and this is when i say like when black women when we date outside of our culture we don't compare the other culture with black men we're just dating them because they were a nice person and sometimes when men date women that are not black but compare them to black women it becomes so scary to me that i'm just like where's the thinking here so i'm gonna just play this and you guys tell me how appropriate this is do you really? Yes. Then how dare you come home trying to disturb the peace of our house when we have a plan? I'm so I would like sorry. To, I would like to get to the point where your friends know what job I'm on and go, I think Grace is going to be out of commission. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I might. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, no, 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 you understand that? Because cause that team, that unit, right, Grace has to be in a certain mindset. To support Coretta Scott King. You know who that is? That's Martin Luther King's wife. Michelle Obama. Barack Obama's wife. No, I'm not. I, I, I shouldn't have gone out. I'm well, sorry. Let me, just, let me just lay it out for you. Right? If I am, I'm just going to say this. My temper, my shit, my trauma, all that, all that said, right? And I'm going to say, I'm a great man. A great man. I am doing great things, not just for me, but for my, for my culture, and for the world. That is actually the position I'm in. That's real. I'm not going to think about it. I didn't ask for it. I've worked in that situation. The woman that supports me, that I support, that, we're, that needs to be a great woman and make sacrifices the way that man is making for her and for them, ultimately. Last night, two nights ago, we did not do that. I'm we sorry. did not do that. I'm sorry. Which, which took away from the plan. And the plan is everything. <clears throat> if it was just you and the house drunk, maybe I could have swallowed it. Or, or I was going to go and go, oh, babe, let's go to bed. So I said, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm not, I'm not hungry for a little blood. Because Grace isn't here. Why? She was drunk. Why else? She was clogged. 
by whatever was going on. Jenny, fine, I can take that. I, I, yeah. Baby. The thing is, it's just so many things wrong with that conversation because I feel like, first of all, the girl was drunk two days before. I can't stand when people want to argue about things that are minuscule for days on end. Say what you got to say at the at the end of it, if she was a representation of you, nobody even knew that you were dating her. Nobody knew nothing about this lady. You had her in secret. So that's number one. It wasn't about her being a representation of you. Two, to tell your non-black girlfriend that she needs to carry herself on two prominent, prominent black women in our culture and she needs to emulate their behaviors and their personalities it's freaking insane no man will ever tell me that i need to act like act like princess diana why would you tell me as a black woman to act like princess diana or grace kelly Does that make sense? It doesn't. And two, I just am fearful of men that have this control issue and then gets upset and they talk about their legacy in that type of way where it's kind of like you are a representation of you. If you have a temper, you have to work on your temper. To say that she's a representation of you and she shouldn't walk out drunk and do these things. You also shouldn't be putting your hands on people. You also should be carrying yourself with a whole lot of grace as a black, very big man in America. As a black man in America, these decisions that you are making while you have this role, while you're working for Marvel, which is basically working for Disney, you, if you have a low tolerance for things, if you struggle with your anger, these are all you things and these are all your boundaries. Nobody's responsible for those boundaries. If her being drunk bothers you, then maybe you need to be with somebody that doesn't exhibit those behaviors. One of my biggest issues with people is choosing to be in a relationship or choosing to be around someone that doesn't uphold the standards in which you set for. Like going out and dating the life of the party and being enamored with them when you meet them and they're vivacious and they're fun and they're partying, they're so cool. But then once you obtain them, once you got their trust, once you're in a relationship with them, you want to turn them into the wallflower girl that you ignored at that same party. That is one of the most abusive things you can do. And I feel like he's playing mind tricks with her. That it's like, I don't really know what happened in that taxi cab. I don't know if she's trying to play victim. I don't know if he really put his hands on her. I don't know. But what I know is something in the milk ain't clean and it's very weird. And I, this is another case that I feel like it's just, it's just going to keep making it seem very odd. I don't think that anything they have put out to redeem him has actually done the job. I think it makes him look a little worse, in my opinion. It's one of those things I always say. 
I like I don't give out more information than needed. I worked in um human human uh relations in a very for a long time. Like I worked in you know human services and stuff. One of the things they tell you when you're in college and you learn about note taking is don't put every single thing that happened that day. If you say uh Mark is allergic to apples and you know and that has nothing to do with the the what happened that day, you then need to have proof that says Mark is indeed allergic to apples. If you say Mark told me that he's allergic to apples, you then need to find the doctor that said it and you need to put in at what date was he diagnosed being allergic to apples. If that had nothing to do if you went to go see Mark because you're his probation officer and you went to do an emergency piss test, you know, to make sure that he's on an up and up and make sure that he has a job. So you popped up at him at his job and made him take a drug test and he sat in the middle of it. Oh, you know, Mark told me he's allergic to apples. What the heck does that have to do with the notes that's being taken? Nothing. Why would you put Mark Because now you have to go find his doctor and confirm it. And you need to get a medical release signed by him because now you you putting stuff in there that don't matter. Because now when they lock him up, they're going to look back at your notes and say, oh yeah, he did tell his probation officer that he was allergic to apples, but there wasn't no uh, diagnosis on his medical records. The jail done gave him applesauce. Now you're held liable because you indeed, like you get what I'm saying? Like it just doesn't make sense. Putting this out here for the consumption of the courts, this argument about the girl being drunk, trying to, you know, vilify her character like she's a loose woman, it actually, in turn, does the opposite and it makes you look like the big bad bully that's asking this very white woman to act like two prominent black figures. And why the standard of class that you want to use as an example is two black women that had powerful men and in some ways had to take a back seat and that was their sacrifice. It's it's it's, it's very confusing to me. It's very confusing to sit there and tell that to this lady. Very insane. Like it's just it's it's very odd, and I I think we just gotta call it what it is. It's very it's odd behavior. I don't know what else to call it other than odd. Also, Nicki Minaj dropped the Pink Friday album this past Friday. Um, I listened to it a bit. It's a couple of songs I like on it. What I realized is I just think I'm out of that area era for like poppy pop music. I don't really care for it. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not like a big Doja Cat fan. Don't really listen to Dua Lipa. I'm not really into that poppy pop thing, really. Um, I like the Everybody song. That joint is lit. Um, I think she ate the ate the girls up with that one. I know a lot of people like the song with J Cole. I didn't really get into it. Um, the Fuck the Club Up is a fun song. Um, it's you know nothing bad to say because I remember. I love the the pink print. I love all the melodic sounds. I like that poppy pop sound. I used to listen to the pink print every freaking day. 
I loved all of those songs. I would run them back and forth. The singing didn't bother me back then, but that was like 10 years ago. I was like 20, 22, 23 when that came out. And my older friend, she did not hear, she did not like the album. She was just like, I don't know why you listen to that every day. And I just think I'm at that age right now where it's like, it's not necessarily her, it's me. I just, I, it's just not my cup of tea. But, um, those songs I mentioned, I do like. I definitely going to add them to my workout playlist. But um, I think I'm just like at a different age right now, where you know, I just I'm not really feeling pop in that way anymore. And it's no shade to her, really. It's just a me thing, like because I know a lot of people didn't like the pink print, and I went up for the um, I went up for the pink print, y'all. So, and a lot of those songs are like very similar to the pink print, so. I think it's just a DeAndre thing. I don't think it's really her. I'm just not there no more. Um, pretty much. But yeah, I do like the one song. I see she has a song with Keisha Cole and Monica. I heard a snippet of it. It sounded good, but I didn't go back and go really listen to it. But, you know, shout out to Nicki Minaj. Shout out to the Barbs. All right. This is somebody that I'm going to go in on. I'm going to go in on this next person because... I had said before, I do not care for Jason Lee. And I'm going to try to do so without really cursing. But so bear with me because Jason Lee is someone I feel like is a vulture. And he's very upfront about his maniacal ways. I feel like he's very dangerous and very weird. And he's very a menace to pop black culture. He consistently says it's for the culture, it's for the culture. And he does very maniacal things that just does not sit well with me. And I really feel like he is trying to extort people into supporting him just by threatening, threatening on his podcast that if Kelly Rowland doesn't drop, um, doesn't come by, and do his uh YouTube show that he's gonna drop tea on Beyonce and he feels like he should be invited and they should be welcoming him with open arms because he spent forty thousand dollars on Renaissance tickets this year. Listen, that's on you. That's on you. This is what I say when people do stuff to be mixy. Like, when people are very, very mixy, this is what I'm talking about. This is what bothers me because, to me, I just feel like if you wanted to go, it's a lot of celebrities that spent a whole lot of money to see Beyonce. If you are a fan of Beyonce and you wanted to go to multiple shows, you wanted to fly out to Europe, you wanted to do all of that, you wanted them renaissance seats, you wanted that access, you wanted to be there. You spent however long you bought tickets for this friend, that friend. You bought out a section. She don't owe you that. She did not ask you to do that. You were not required. You did that in an effort to um, receive um, acceptance. And when you see another YouTuber that you feel like is beneath you or you don't understand why they like him and not you, and he did all of this and you did all of these things, and he did not, you don't like it. Yeah, we're we, we going to talk about it. You're jealous. And you have to understand, you are in a position, you have been very successful, although they, you have beat the odds of things that 
you probably shouldn't be in a position where you are if you're looking at statistics, but you beat them. But instead of you being happy about the things that you are able to accomplish, you want access. The same way that you want access to the Kardashians, and then once they were done, they're using you, and we're no longer inviting you to things, and no longer prioritizing your blog, and no longer supporting your blog, no more, no longer giving you endorsements and nods and posting about you. You wanted to tell us everything that was going on and how they were using you to get at Jordan Woods. If you care about the culture, they could never do that. If you cared about the culture, they could have never done that. Period. You participate in these things. And I don't understand how can you can publicly say these things about Beyonce and threatening because Kelly Rowland won't go on your show. And you see why. What are y'all going to talk about? You are a gossiper. These people that you want to be around are outside of that. You want them to come sit on the same couch in which you had Blueface and Krishan be for real. Be for be for real, for real, for real. No. Have a content that they can relate to. Have content that they want to be participants in. Freaking Sherry Shepard has a television show, a daytime television show that's syndicated in many news outlets. Beyonce ain't go there. Beyonce said her mother and her dancer. They are no longer doing these types of interviews. Why did be, why did Kelly Rowland go on Terrell Grice's show? Because they developed a friendship. His show is fun. It's, it's, it's musical. They're talking about the musical history. She's comfortable with them. They developed a friendship. She felt comfortable going there. So if she show up, I hope you make good on whatever threat you have for her sister. Because it's odd. I'll show you guys what he said. This is from, um, I think the guy's Instagram page is Forever Alfonso on TikTok. So check this out. Threatened Beyonce or Beyonce's team and her PR person. Allegedly. He's alleging he has receipts on them. He's upset because he didn't get invited to the Renaissance premiere. And I'm like, okay. He's claiming to be connected, and I'm like, if you were connected, you wouldn't be mad about it. And you wouldn't try to blackmail Beyonce, now would you? So I have the video. I will warn you, there's a lot of the video that's beeped out, so you're going to hear a lot of beeping. But this doesn't make any sense to me, and I'll believe it when I see the receipt. I don't even know what they're talking about. And him saying that he paid $40,000 to go to the Renaissance concert because he brought his friends. Beyonce didn't ask you to do that. So That's what I how are you mad at her because you paid $40,000? He said he has an interview with Kelly Rowland, and if the interview doesn't happen, he's going to release all the receipts. Now, everybody knows that Kelly and Beyonce are like sisters, so if you're threatening Beyonce and thinking Kelly Rowland is going to do the interview, that would be shocking to me. You don't lost your damn mind. When you get your damn mind, you call me. I think optically, when you don't include other black leaders in the culture in the fold. I mean, that just take me out of it. The Breakfast Club, I mean, you should have honored and brought more black. And I spent thousands and th over $40,000 in tickets and shared the experience with friends. Uh, and I've done a lot, and I'm not even going to say it here because if I did, this internet, Beyonce's good internet would go crazy. I'm going to tell them why Johnny puts a beep over this part of the show so you'll never know what it is, but I want you to see their reactions. 
and I'm going to do it right now. You know, Daddy, that we're trying to book him. Get that message to Beyonce. Yes, I can get it. Oh, 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 oh. I'm connected. I can get the message to Beyonce. She needs to know. And I think people like her publicist, who I love, and I'm just being critical. That's just what I do. You know, that event. We're trying to book Kelly Rowland right now. Now, if I don't get Kelly Rowland because I say this about, then then, then, then it's going to be a problem. Then I'm putting out receipts. The receipts I just told y'all about, then I'll put those out. Huh? Ooh, the f- and I say to you, do what you got to do. At this point, you are on... I just think people are just such stupid criminals. Like, I just feel like you just, y'all just do such criminal activity and then y'all get on social media and y'all act like, like the things that you're doing is not what it is. If I say, hey, Joe Schmo that runs ABC Corporation, if you don't give me $50,000, I'm going to tell all of your secret sauce recipe and I'm going to tell them what you did Tuesday night. That's a threat, which can be used to say that it's perhaps blackmail or extortion. Why would that lady go interview with you now after you put this out here? That's what I'm saying, where it's just like social media creates such an ego with people. Like, it's just not a real world. And I just think the more that we just step away from this type of stuff and the more we just focus on our own lives and the present and live life very um, authentically and just remove ourselves from this, the better we'll be as a humanity. I just feel like humanity is just going shot to shit because everybody operates in this ego and this false personality that has been created by likes and retweets and follows and endorsements and looks and perfection. And it's just not real and filters and everything else. Like it's not real. You really don't get to do stuff like this in real life. Like it does not make sense. And it's very scary when I see people that feel entitled to others why didn't you go? Because Beyonce invited people she wanted to be there. You were not on that list. Don't bring up the Breakfast Club. They very well know damn why. They will never be invited to a Beyonce nothing, nothing, nothing ever. They have never been. That is not her market. That is not who supports her. Be serious. Don't include other people to explain, to say, oh, even if she didn't have me, she did have a black platform. She had several of them. She didn't have yours. She didn't have yours. And at this point, she does not have to do another media thing ever. If she didn't invite no media outlets there, she would have still been fine. We have literally seen this lady drop a freaking album, which is the anniversary is today, December 13th. We have literally seen Beyonce drop an album and not tell the world nothing. Didn't promote it. Didn't do anything. No media involved. Didn't do any uh, interviews afterwards. Dropped it. Dropped the videos. It went super viral. It was the most retweeted thing, I think, in a in few years. 
and it, it crashed Apple. Like, she does not need you to make her famous. She does not need you to, excuse me, spend $40,000. That's what, what's $40,000 when she made almost a bill? Like, like, when she, re- like, when the revenue that she created for the economy was over a billion. That's not even her money. That's for the economy. That's for the cities that made money. That's for e-commerce. That's for those stadiums that made money. That's for the the hotels, the flights, the everything else that made money from her concerts. Be very serious. I'm pretty sure she she can hand you that forty grand right back. Be serious. It's just it's diabolical. Just the way that people think nowadays that is just so harmful to our society that you are able to feel like you are entitled to people you do not know. You do not know these people. Like it just, and, and it's this energy of where you are above everything and your needs and what you do and everything that you do is just so great that you feel like you deserve it to be in someone's space. And they, if you threaten them, they will comply. That does not work like that. And I really wish that, like, people will really, like, and I can't stand when people like, I'm in therapy, I'm in therapy. What work are you doing, Jason? Where is your therapist? Because to say some shit like that is not a healed person, is not a well person, and it's not even a person that's on a journey of bettering themselves if that's the same mentality that you have after years. Like, really grow up. Like, it's so weird. It's just too weird for me. But anyway, let's get into the glow up topic. Let me know what you guys think about all of the topics we discussed. All right. So the glow up is I have been feeling like this way for a very long time. And I know I've said this before, but I just feel like around the end of the year, this conversation just always comes around. Um, One of the things I know, so with Megan and Stallion, she was just talking about how unhealthy she's been and how she's just trying to heal. And that when she was the unhealthy version of herself, how she was so well loved and well received and everybody wanted to be around her. But once she sought help and when she started changing her ways and her, she just didn't want certain energies around her anymore because they were still indulgent or they allowed her to drown in her own pain she didn't want to be around them and they thought that there was like beef when at the at the point she just kind of removed herself from them um you know life happens and we're not that close there's no issues with you she just was um saying that um i'm not the person that you knew at that time anymore i'm just not that person right now and whatever, you know, it is that you actually liked about me during that time is it, not there anymore. And I feel like I, I feel this way often, right? I talk a lot about being a people pleaser. I talk a lot about having a lack of boundaries, um, all because it's all true. I have always been someone that wants to help. Um... I felt like I was probably parentified very early. I always felt like I like in school I was always like a helper or like I was helping like other students or helping a teacher. I've always been that person. I've never been 
like I used to freak out if I get in trouble. Like I never like to get in trouble. I never, you know, want to make things harder on, you know, my mom when she was raising me. I never wanted to be a trouble kid. Like I always just help, help, help. Um, I've always been that way. I've always been a really great friend. I have been always, you know, and while being a great friend for a long time looked like I'm the person that does things or shows up even when I'm running around doing 511 things or even when it inconveniences me in my life because I'm so involved in helping everybody and it don't stop with just one person, right? So sometimes if you're your go-to person for everybody, from your family to your friends to the people you date to work, it just becomes a lot. And one of the things I was experiencing was burnout in every single facet of my life. Like I just felt burnt the fuck out. Like it was like I couldn't escape work. I couldn't escape family. I couldn't escape friends. Like I just felt so super burnt out that I didn't even know what was wrong with me for a long time. And through therapy, I just realized that I had a very people-pleasing personality that I always wanted to make things easier for everybody else. And I still struggle with it in a lot of different ways. I try to make things easier for other people and while in turn doing it, making things a whole lot harder for myself and give in and creating more issues and like really just inconveniencing me when I I wasn't putting myself as the priority, right? However, I ain't doing that shit no more. Excuse my language. I'm trying not to curse y'all. I want to get some endorsements, but I'm not doing it anymore. I'm just not. I am no longer here to serve. I'm no longer the go-to person. I'm no longer the jump up and do what you need person. I'm no longer the I'm mad at my man. We about to hit the club up friend. I'm no longer the let's hurry up. Let's go out and do something. I'm just not there anymore. I'm very secluded. I'm not the, yeah, I invited all my other friends to the party, but I need you to come help me set up. Or I need you to do this or that or this, that, and third. Or I have this issue. I need you to help me figure it out. I'm not there anymore. So the things that made me a good friend to some people, it makes me a bad friend now because it ain't happening. But meanwhile, I think I'm still an awesome friend. I still do things for people, but I no longer volunteer to do things that will inconvenience me. So if I have a bill and I have to pay all my bills and you want to go out to the club, I ain't going. And it could be very much like, oh, you know, she's not going no more. Or if I've been burnt out, like sometimes I work more than one job. Sometimes I do a lot for, you know, other people throughout the week or work is just really crazy and busy. If Saturday was my day to get some rest and recharge, then you will not see me. I don't give a fuck who you are. And sometimes when people realize like, oh, you know, the thing I missed about you is not there. I'm here to tell everybody if you miss certain things about me, just understand that it more than likely is not there anymore. I don't have the same patience I used to have. I don't have the type of need to please everybody I used to have. I don't even have like the tolerance for you to even expect anything other than what you give to me. 
Like, I don't have it. I am at a place where it's like, I'm a single woman. I'm not married. I do not have children. There should not be a soul in this world that depends on me to do a goddamn thing. I'm being very clear about that. Just the same way that I feel like if you're married and you have children and you do this, your spouse and your children are your are the people that you are accustomed to taking care of. The same way that me as your single friend, you're not going to expect me to ask you to do anything because that is your life. I don't have those things. I am my priority. My healing is my priority right now. Me taking care of my inner child, me trying to grow, me getting rid of imposter syndrome, me going after everything that I deserve. That is where I am. I'm not the girl from before. I'm not the girl that wanted to feel small. I'm not the friend that didn't mind being invisible and playing the back and letting everybody else be hooping and hollering and being it. I'm not that person. I'm not the person that reaches out to everybody multiple times. I ain't the friend that's understanding of you being weird whenever you're depressed. I'm not the friend that is just going to let anybody treat me some type of way. It ain't no beef, but I'm putting me first. And anytime you put me in an uncomfortable situation, I'm going to remove myself. When it comes to dating, at this point, I am done with anybody I met in the past. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to meet nobody. If we talk this year, baby, it's a wrap. Don't hit me on New Year's Day. Don't hit me on Christmas and ask me Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah. Baby, save that text message, save your battery, save your Wi-Fi. You won't get a response from me. I don't want anything that does not serve me anymore. And I'm acting on it. If you, anything you knew about me last year, this the top of this year, so much has happened in my life where I'm just not that person right now. I'm not that person. Whatever you loved about it, it ain't there, boo. Whatever it is, they, they thinking for you thing, they jumping up to make things special thing, they running around the world, doing this, this, that, and the third. They're ignoring the elephant in the room because you don't want to cause confrontation. They're swallowing um, your pride. They're, they're swallowing how you how people make me feel. Talking myself out of my feelings. It ain't there no more. I'm not letting nothing slide. I ain't beefing with nobody. I just really am in a space where I realize, like Megan Thee Stallion said, in a lot of these situations, I probably just didn't really love me the way that I should. And now I'm loving me a whole lot. And with me loving me a whole lot, it doesn't give me a room to give all the things that I was losing. Like all the love I was giving out to everybody else, I'm gaining all of that back to pour into me. Because I was pouring into people when I was at 25%. And I need all that shit right back. I need it all back now. So whatever it is, find a new thing to love about me or stay where you at. Either way is your prerogative. I know what I'm going to do and I'm going to choose me first. So even if you're someone that was uh, uh, that loved to party and loved to drink, if you're not drinking no more, then you don't got to. 
Some people gonna have to find something else fun for you to do, for y'all to do together. If you are on a workout journey, if you are on a fitness journey and it helps you, and you don't wanna, you know, uh, go to dinner, you wanna do some interactive fun stuff, you have the prerogative to do that. Invite people to do things you wanna do. You don't have to go do that. If they don't want to do what you want to do, that's fine. Still go do it. Like this year, I said from this next year of my life, age 33, I'm doing things that make me unequivocally happy. I am going after everything. I'm doing things that will make my inner child happy. Whether that is going to the gym, whether that is reaching a new goal, whether that is waking up and feeling like a boss, feeling happy, or even like making sure I'm putting myself first and living and doing things that will make me proud that I'm operating in my higher self. Everybody don't gotta like it, but I have to love it. So it is what it is. I hope you all have a beautiful week. Um, sending you all much love and take care of yourselves during this time of the year. Um, as always, you know, much love and love to your glow up process. And let me know what you think about tonight's show. Also, email justletitgoodpie at gmail.com for any advice questions or any business inquiries. Um, I love you all. Thanks for listening. And here. Also, follow us on Instagram at JST Let It Glow and on Twitter at Just Let It Glow. Good night. Well, good day.